Right, the mother of an eighth grade girl stabbed 14 times in a Georgia school gym last spring is now suing the school district for failing to prevent the brutal attack. The lawsuit alleges a school resource officer notified administrators of the school of a knife threat, but nothing was done. A white girl was stabbed 14 times by a black girl. The mainstream media was, of course, silent. Mr. Reagan. All right, don't forget to buy all of my overpriced crap on Teespring. I've got this awesome new MAGA Christmas design, which I'm quite proud of. Or just give me money on Patreon or throw me a super thanks in the comments section. Anything to keep this channel going. All right, let's get into it. So earlier this year, a girl was stabbed in a Georgia high school. The media covered this, and they told us that another student, quote-unquote, stabbed this girl. There was no other information given. A student threatened her and had a knife intending to use it. The next day, the same student tried to start an argument with Wilson's daughter, which was broken up. Then the student stabbed Wilson's daughter as she entered the gym. However, video of the stabbing was uploaded and distributed online. You can still find it on Twitter. What the media neglected to address was the fact that the victim was a white girl and the attacker was a black girl. Not only that, but there was a massive group of black students standing around as the stabbing took place, perhaps some of whom participated in the attack. That part is unclear. But it looks like about a dozen or so black students standing around a white girl as she is stabbed 14 times. This is attempted murder. Had the attacker been white and the victim been black, had the horde of students around the black victim been white, well then there would be riots. There would be 24-7 news coverage. Politicians would be addressing this. It would be called a hate crime and it would be explained as illustrative of a broader problem with systemic racism and MAGA extremism. Now I reported the other day on the Irish riot that occurred in Dublin because of the stabbing of children in that city by a Muslim immigrant. This has driven the MMA champion Conor McGregor to take action and potentially run for political office to clean up the country of Ireland and fix the immigration problem there, which I think is pretty dang cool. But I think our situation is worse. I mean, we have our own cultural crisis going on in America, and it's actually not an immigration problem, although we, we do have that problem as well, of course. But no, this is a cultural problem that has existed in America for a very long time, and we have turned a blind eye to it. It is the problem of black culture in America. And people don't like to hear that. And a lot of people will call me racist for even suggesting that there are problems with black culture in America. But let me provide my standard disclaimer here. Culture is not the same as race. Now look, I am not afraid to be called a racist because I know I am not a racist. Race is related to culture, certainly, but it's not the same thing. And when I say, you know, Antifa and leftist politicians like Pelosi and Biden and Schiff and Schumer and Swalwell and Buttigieg, these are all evil degenerates. I'm not condemning all white people. I'm criticizing an aspect of white America, aspects of white culture that I think are diseased and evil. And in the same way, I am extremely critical of black culture in America. But that does not mean that I'm condemning all black people, of course. So now that that's cleared up, let me explain why black culture in America is an epidemic. Black culture must be addressed in America and throughout Europe. And I'm not talking about the fun black culture of Family Matters and the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air from the 1990s. I'm talking about the degenerate violence that plagues our country. 
country. And this really is an epidemic, but the left doesn't recognize this. Instead, they've created this fake reality that most Democrat voters actually accept an illusion that white people are the problem in America. MAGA extremists are the dangerous people. It's the white conservatives that America needs to fear. We're, we're the violent ones. The black Americans, they're the innocent victims. So the left wants us to believe that white MAGA extremists, we're all racist, we're the ones that America needs to fear, and that it's the, the poor, innocent black Americans. They're, they're the real victims of our evil violence. There's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards. Backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. But what's interesting about this story that Democrats tell us is that it is completely divorced from reality. If you've ever seen acts of violence caught on camera and uploaded to Twitter, or if you just watched the local news, you'll find that the vast majority of the time, again and again and again, it's black people engaged in these acts of violence. A Massachusetts grand jury has just indicted 14-year-old Philip Chisholm of murder, aggravated rape, and armed robbery. Chisholm accused of killing his 24-year-old math teacher, Colleen Ritzer, and then dumping her body behind his school. Three of the eight teens accused in the deadly beating of a Rancho High School student make their initial court appearance at Clark County Justice Court. Three warrants for armed robbery and one warrant for felony murder. An apparently shocked Fernanda Torres threw glares at her two co-defendants, Nicholas Evans and Khalil Miller, before the magnitude of her situation seemed to settle in. Those are the charges that are pending right now. Miller seems surprised too by a second armed robbery charge. One woman remains in critical condition after a relative went on a stabbing rampage, killing four other family members and wounding two officers. Boarding this London-bound train, 36-year-old Darren Pencil, IT consultant Lee Pomeroy, boarded shortly after, along with his 14-year-old son. The victim is seen being stabbed 18 times in just 25 seconds. So there's all this black violence in America, and, and we ignore it. But how? How are we ignoring it? Well, because there's been, for many years now, a propaganda campaign that has convinced the most gullible Americans that black people are all victims of white people, and white people are all the violent aggressors, we're oppressors, racists, and black people are the primary targets of our evil, hate, and violence. And this has become a very elaborate hoax. Leftists from various disciplines have helped to create this illusion. There is this insane trend among historians to say that Europe was mixed race and that, that Europe has been mixed race since at least the Middle Ages. And, and I'm not talking about the fringes of Europe. I'm talking about like the interior, the UK. This is one of the most absurd BS claims that I have seen come out of academia. Maybe second only to a man can be a woman if he really thinks so. But you know, historians, they really get behind this absurdity. Before the slave trade, there were very few references to any races 
outside the various European ethnicities in most regions of Europe. Certainly, there are exceptions to this. The Moors in Spain, in certain unknown levels of diversity in Roman society. But historically, you just don't get a lot of racial mixing. People did not like the idea of interbreeding. I tried to research this, and there's very little information on this. And I suspect that that's because it was so unbelievably rare. And of course it was. Since before written history, throughout Europe and in Roman society and in Grecian society before that, chastity was considered a great virtue, and promiscuity was essentially forbidden. And certainly there were interracial relationships, interracial marriages, especially in the most mixed regions of the world, you know, in those crossroads between Europe and Asia and Africa, But these seem to be fairly rare, and they get more and more rare as you venture into the interior of the various regions uh, of Europe until they are essentially unheard of. But leftists want us to believe that all of Europe was this interracial paradise since the dawn of time. And recently I found a truly absurd example. So check out this headline from the BBC. Black women most likely to die in medieval plague, Museum of London says. The study is the first archaeological exploration of race, gender, and social understanding influencing a person's risk of death during what was known as the Great Pestilence or Great Mortality. The research is based on 145 individuals from three cemeteries. So these researchers went to three cemeteries. They dug up uh, 145 graves to, to study this idiotic thing, and they, and they checked the bones, and they were like, oh, some of these are, are black people, and they're disproportionately affected by the plague. So let's see what their reasoning is here. The report, which has been peer-reviewed, of course it has, is called Race Population Affinity and Mortality Risk During the Second Plague Pandemic in, the, in 14th Century London, England, and is due to be published in Bioarchaeology International by the end of the year. Well, that's an absolute uh, crap publication. You know you can't trust them. An advanced copy of the paper was given to the BBC. Data on bone and dental changes of the 145 individuals from East Smithfield Emergency Plague Cemetery, St. Mary Graces, and St. Mary Spittle. Spittle? I don't know. Formed the basis of the study. This primary data was then examined by applying a forensic anthropological toolkit to estimate whether the bones were likely to have come from someone with African heritage. All right, so I've heard people talk about this, you know, these bone tests, right? Like testing, like measuring bones and stuff to determine who's black and who's white. Honestly, I think it's absolute garbage. I've looked into it. I've read reports about the validity of these tests, and they are shaky at best. Basically, these kind of tests, they really cannot determine race with any kind of, even a remote degree of accuracy. Like, they they really can't know. it's, It's... They do their measurements, and then they make a guess, basically. That's how this works. So these are guesses about a civilization, a a region of the world, that really didn't have any black people in it. And they're saying, oh, these these are the skeletons of black people. The report also acknowledges the sample size is small and that it has been careful to avoid what it terms termed as the incorrect and harmful implication that there is a biological basis of race and we actively oppose the incorrect inference that there is something inherent to people assigned under a certain racial category that makes them more vulnerable to disease. Okay, so they're trying to suggest that there's no biological basis of race, but they're checking the bones to determine which race is which. What? What? If there was no biological basis for race, how could you determine that based on bone measurements? Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> What are they talking about? All right. It goes on to state, instead, we emphasize that variation by race and susceptibility to and 
hazard from, of dying from disease reflects the biological and sociological effects of racism, which was present in the medieval world. Racism social classification has not and is not based in biological reality, but it does have biological consequences. What the hell? So they're doing these physical examinations of bones. They're making determinations based on presumably biology, right? Bones are part of your biological system uh, about race. They're making determinations about race. And then they're saying, okay, now that we've determined that these are black people and these are white people, now we're going to say that this person was more adversely affected by the bubonic plague uh, not because he was black uh, biologically, it wasn't a biological reason, is because of psychosocial effects of racism. Sorry, I read that wrong the first time. Psychosocial effects of racism, which was present in the medieval world. What are These people are legitimately insane. It found that there were significantly higher proportions of people of color and those of black African descent in plague burials compared to non-plague burials. Oh my gosh, okay. So the report said there is a significantly higher proportion of people of estimated African affiliation in the plague burials compared to the non-plague burials, 18.4% versus 8.3%. So basically what they did is they said, all right, these people over here, they died of plague. These people over here, they they died of something else. Let's see how many people in this gravesite are black. Let's see how many people in this gravesite are black. And the ones who are, you know, who died of plague, there are more black people and therefore plague disproportionately affected black people. I mean, it's this is the most ludicrous, absolute junk science I've ever read in my entire life. And yet the BBC is putting this out there. The research concluded that the higher death rates among people of color and those of black African descent was a result of the devastating effects of pre-modern structural racism in the medieval world. Unbelievable. This is the most nonsensical study and article that I've ever seen about race ever. So so let me just say this, first of all. There were no black people in England in the Middle Ages. There just weren't. Okay, maybe there were, there was like one or two here or there, but this was so rare that it was always noted down. People would write about it because it was so unusual. Researchers today, for some reason, they are pretending that Britain was always just peppered with black people all over the countryside, just black people as far as the eye could see. It's a history written into the landscape and into the faces of the people who live here. The story of a relationship between Britain and people whose origins lie in Africa. And the relationship between these small islands and that vast continent stretches back far beyond living memory. From the first black Britain, almost 2,000 years ago. That's just incredible. And they're saying, and I'm not kidding, I've read this in many articles all over the internet, they're saying that these black Britons have just been hidden from history. We've we whitewashed history and we pretend that these black people never existed. Uh, no, there were no black people in Britain in the Middle Ages. I'm sorry, there were none. Now, according to the idiotic bubonic plague research here, of the graves of the cemeteries that were analyzed by the researchers, 12% contained black people. 12% in the 14th century. Give me a break. That indicates that 12% of the population of London was black in the 14th century. Well, if that were true, obviously the black population in London would have grown in number over the years, naturally. A white person and a black person, if they'd had a kid, for instance, the black genes usually win out. I mean, we know how that works, right? We see it all the time here in 
the modern world, and the kid tends to look pretty black. And so you're going to slowly grow the black population. And after a few hundred years, you're going to have a pretty mixed population. Lots of black Londoners, way more than 12%, 20%, 40%, 60%. Well, let's look. Here's footage from London from around 1900. Wow, look at all those black people. Just so many black people. It's crazy how they've just been erased from history. God, look, look at London. The city is just teeming with black people. So during my research, I stumbled upon a study conducted in 2015 by the universities of York and Sheffield, and they calculated that in medieval England, about 1% of the total population of England, they were immigrants. I'm not sure I believe that, but that's, that's what they calculated. And so, of course, the BBC, they jumped on this for their propaganda to say, you know, we are a nation of immigrants. Immigrants are good, right? Because this kind of propaganda has been going on for a long time. It's not just like in the past few years. This is 2015. They're already pushing this stuff. I think they've probably been pushing it since like the 90s. Okay, so look, again, I'm not entirely convinced this study is even correct. But here's the thing. If you read through their data, these immigrants, they're entirely European. They were from Germany and France and Belgium and Scotland and Ireland and Portugal and Sweden and Greece and Iceland. These were Europeans. They came from a similar culture, a Christian European culture. They looked like the inhabitants of Britain and clearly assimilated into the culture. These were not people with an entirely different religion, culture, and set of ethics. They were a bit different, but they were not culturally incompatible. And they certainly did not hate the native inhabitants of Britain. So it is more than a stretch to use this data, if it's even right, to indicate that Britain is a, quote, nation of immigrants. Because these are not the same kinds of immigrants that Britain is being drowned in today. The first recorded black man in Britain is a guy who uh, was recorded as Cornelius a Blackmore. He was buried in St. Margaret's Church in Lee, London. This was in 1593. And that is the first recorded black person in Britain. 1593. Before that year, there is no official record of any black citizens living in Britain. There is a record of black Roman auxiliary soldiers stationed in Britain in the 3rd century AD. Now, these were North Africans. And I'm not entirely sure how black these North Africans would have been. But if they were black, as we classify this racial type today, this was a time when British people in that region, they would not have seen any human like this. And okay, so this idea that there were tons of black people in Britain for centuries, the reason why they believe this is true, or they, they believe that they can pretend that it's true, this all relies on an assumption by historians that these black soldiers from the third century, these Roman auxiliary troops, that they bred with the local white women at this time. It all goes back to this very specific troop of Roman auxiliary soldiers. And it is entirely reliant on the belief that these specific soldiers bred with the local white women in Britain. So yeah, this is, this is the argument that we've seen perpetuated by people in the media that we've always had black British people, that there were all, always interracial couples, and that it goes back to these Roman auxiliary soldiers in the 3rd century. These forever multicultural Britain people even managed to get this ridiculous pseudo-history into a cartoon for children about the history of Britain. Remember, we need one fort every mile. My father's military scarf. I had it with me. Find it. Slaves look after underfloor heating to keep out the chilly British weather. Seems like I arrived just in time. But here's the thing. <laughs> the assumption that these black Roman soldiers would have had any kind of interactions with the local white women of Britain, 
I think it's not just a stretch. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. In the third century in Britain, the local people would have seen black people as so different, they would have likely perceived them as possibly an entirely different species. It's like aliens on Star Trek. If we lived in the Star Trek universe and you were to meet an alien species, you would not know if it was even possible to interbreed. This is how Britons at the time, I suspect, would have seen these black soldiers. And as I mentioned before, and people forget about this, throughout most of history, in every region of Europe, sexual relationships were considered extremely important. Even in the Roman Empire, long before Christianity, women basically did not have sex until they were married. And so the idea that the local white British women were flocking to these black soldiers to breed with them, it's just absurd. And look, these historians, they would probably say, well, it's possible that these sexual encounters weren't always consensual. And yeah, okay, this could happen. But if a black Roman soldier forced a white local woman into bed, almost for sure it would cause a major problem within the local populace. There would have been an uprising. The guy might have been executed. And had any local girl given birth to a black child, I suspect that there was a very high probability that that child would have been killed. This is, you know, it's kind of messed up speculation, but I think it's true. And, and look, if you're better educated about history than I am, please feel free to comment about this in the comment section below and either validate what I'm saying here or contradict me completely, whatever you think. But look, sex was a big deal. It's such a big deal in European history that people today, I don't think we can even really conceive of this. I, I mean, we've got Tinder now and hookup culture, and it just seems so alien to people today. They just don't, they just don't get it. But what pisses me off is that the historians... They know this stuff, and yet they still base their prevalence of black people in Britain for thousands of years on this idea that white women were just indiscriminately sleeping with black Roman soldiers, of which there was a single unit that existed in one part of Britain for presumably a very short time. So to investigate this obsession that researchers have with the prevalence of black Africans in Britain, it occurred to me that maybe DNA analysis could help us out here. So I looked for any studies that I could find related to this. And sure enough, I found one. According to a study by 23andMe, 3 to 4% of their customers who identified as being primarily European descent, they had at least one ancestor in the last 10 generations who could be traced back to Africa. 3 to 4%. That's not a lot. And that's all white people from all over America and Canada and Australia and South Africa and Europe. And there are a lot of places in the world where you're going to get far more black and white people mixing than in Britain. So in Britain, it's probably more like 1%, maybe less. And I don't know what the number is for sure. I'm just guessing here. But it's definitely very, very small. So this idea that there were these black people in Britain mixing with all the white population for hundreds of generations, for thousands of years... This is an obvious lie. It is an absurd lie. Remember, the ridiculous bubonic plague research found that 12% of London was black in the 14th century. Okay, so if that's true, then they'd have a hell of a lot more than 3 to 4% of the population with at least one African ancestor. Come on. Now, I went and I looked up the earliest records of legislation or groups created in opposition to interracial relationships in Britain because you wouldn't really expect to find opposition to things that don't exist, right? So the earliest thing that I could find that was any kind of organizing force against interracial relationships in Britain was in 1920. And this was the British Brothers League, uh, which was formed to campaign against interracial relationships between white women and black men. 
And even in this case, even with this group, this group was most concerned about foreign sailors who were visiting British ports. So even then, it was not a domestic concern. It's strange, you know, there's this historical revisionism that's really bizarre to me. It's, it's really Orwellian 1984-type gaslighting, you know. Historians, they will try to claim that white people, that our ancestors were all these primitive barbarians, you know. I mean, this is typically what they'll say, if it suits them. Essentially, they tend to criticize the entirety of the white race for owning slaves, for being vicious colonists, etc. But if it doesn't suit them, then they will also say, well, interracial relationships were totally normal, and our ancient ancestors, they didn't even see color. In the good old days, white Europeans were totally cool with black people. Black, black people were rich, and they were important people in Britain, and there were tons of them. They, just, they were all over the place. We were always multicultural. Okay, well, so which is it? Were we evil colonists or were we enlightened sophisticates? Which was it? Well, of course, it changes depending upon what they want to propagandize. Uh, the truth is that the vast majority of British people probably never saw a black person until the 20th century. That's just true. Th th this is how bad it is. This is how obsessed they are with the idea that Britain was always multi-ethnic, multicultural. In 2018, the BBC produced a documentary that claimed that the famous skeletal remains of the 9th millennium BC Britain known as Cheddar Man, that in life, Cheddar Man was black. <laughs> this is, of course, nonsense. Cheddar Man did not have dark skin. And in fact, the study that determined that he did have dark skin actually gave no strong indication of skin color at all. The skin color was just a guess. And why did the researchers make this absurd guess? Well, because that's the result they wanted. According to a study from 2016, the ratio of Democrat to Republican historians in America is 33.5 to 1. That is, for every 10 Republican historians, there are 335 Democrat historians. So yeah, it's a pretty biased field. And that was in 2016. I'm sure it's only gotten worse since then. So scientists, as you know, like to do these reconstructions of what ancient people looked like. And now before the, the you know, dark skin nonsense about Cheddar Man, the reconstruction of Cheddar Man looked like this. And after this ridiculous dark skin claim, this was their new reconstruction. <laughs> Hilariously, they found a modern ancestor of Cheddar Man who still lives in the same region in which the skeleton was found. Here is his picture. And yeah, okay, these two are 11,000 years removed, but the blackness is obvious, is it not? But why are they doing this? Well, it's because they want to perpetuate the myth that immigration is normal, that white native British people have no claim on Britain, that it's always been multicultural, it's always been multi-ethnic, and if you disagree with this, well, then you're just ignoring science. You're only disagreeing with it because you are an irrational, hateful bigot. You are just an evil racist. Now, look, I'm not English, okay? I don't have any English ancestry. Um, I have some Scottish ancestry, but I'm not English, okay? But I like English culture. I like England, right? I've been to England. I lived in England for a year. I love it. I think it's a beautiful place. I think it has incredibly interesting, charming people. And I don't like to see cultures die. Now, I know generationally cultures will change anyway, but what they're doing in the UK right now is they are using an outside force to erase an entire culture. And to be perfectly honest, I actually think it's probably too late. I think within the next three or four generations, 
England will be gone. It'll be a thing of the past. And to me, that is heartbreaking. It really is. And if there's any way to stop this, I would love for somebody to figure that out. I mean, maybe I could fix it, but (laughs) I don't think they're going to elect me as prime minister. (sighs) All right. So look, you know, we got this crazy dichotomy. On the one hand, we've got the truth. And the truth is that exotic immigrants are in Europe and they do not share the values of European people. They often hate European people. And they are violently disrupting the local culture. And you know, you got this terrible black culture in America that romanticizes crime and violence. And so that's the truth, right? That we got these problems. We have these problems. And on the other hand, you've got this ridiculous lie that white people around Europe and in America, that we're all these evil racists, that we hate everyone, and that we're MAGA extremists, and that we are the violent, scary ones. And people are still afraid to talk about all this because people are absolutely terrified to be labeled as racist. They're afraid to lose their jobs. They're afraid to be ostracized from society. And in some places like the UK, they are afraid to go to prison. This is a problem that I have seen across Europe. You know, look, it's better in some places and it's worse in others. But basically, most people are afraid to speak the truth. Basically, everybody knows that immigration is a problem. Everybody knows that immigrants are more likely to commit crimes, and in particular, violent crimes. People know this, and yet they will never say it. They'll never talk about it. Maybe to their closest friends in private, but not to anyone that they're not super close to, and certainly not in public. But then they go to the voting booths, and they secretly vote in the most anti-immigrant politicians available. It is hilarious. This happened in Sweden and Italy last year, and it happened in the Netherlands just recently. The most anti-immigrant parties are consistently getting voted in throughout Europe, People know what's going on. They can't talk about it because of these ridiculous social conventions, but they know what's going on. And we need to break down these social conventions because, look, I'm all for polite conversation, but there are ways to discuss difficult subjects honestly and still be polite. I do it all the time on this show. And look, maybe I'm not always polite, but I can be. Like I said before, we have a much more difficult problem here in America because we have the same immigration issues and we also have to deal with those but we also have the problem of black American culture already embedded in America. And dealing with that is a much harder thing because how do you change culture? Cultures are influenced organically. Cultures don't just change because you tell people change. Cultures change because people within those cultures think that something's cool or interesting and they adopt those changes. But black culture, how do you fix that? What do we go tell rappers? Hey guys, can you make music that talks about how shooting your friends is not cool, bro? I mean, I don't really think that's going to (laughs) work. And look, those who are out there, they want to call me racist. You know, you're going to say, well, white people commit crimes too. And look, okay, yes, there are white criminals too. Of course, there are meth addicts and rednecks and degenerate white Americans. Joe Biden, obviously, probably the most corrupt criminal in America right now. Uh, Yeah, but here's the thing. White culture does not promote this stuff. You don't hear white people making music that's like, hookers and cocaine, bound to go down, down. I mean, okay, yeah, Kid Rock, yeah. But he's from Detroit, so. Look, let me put it this way. If a white person does something awful, especially something racist, white people will say, that's awful. If a black person does something awful, even if it's racist, you do not hear anything from prominent black Americans. You don't ever hear any black people go on CNN and condemn the crimes of black people. It just doesn't happen. They usually try to explain why the black guy is the victim. 
You never hear Muslims condemn Hamas or the 9-11 terrorists or anything like that. White people condemn white people. No other race does this. Christians will condemn vicious criminals who call themselves Christians. Germans, English, Scandinavians, most Europeans. We will condemn our own people if they do something crappy. But most groups will not. So how are we the evil bigots? European cultures, American culture, these, these different cultures, we're not really the problem. Are there problems with white culture? Yes. Are there problems with different European cultures? Absolutely. But the vast majority of the time, it's not crime. In Eastern Europe, yeah, probably it's more crime. But not in Western Europe so much. Not with white people in Western Europe. Not so much in America. The reality is that every other group, they get a pass. And white people, we're held to this ridiculous standard where even neutral stuff is accused of being racist. Oh, you wore a blue shirt. That's a sign that you hate Chinese people. What? <laughs> I mean, they will turn anything into a so-called dog whistle, a sign that we're racist. You remember when they claimed the OK sign was a symbol of white supremacy? I think that, that started as like a 4chan hoax. But, uh, of course, the leftists, they bought it and they used it to further spread their idiotic illusion that white people are evil racists. But look, at the end of the day, we have this terrible dichotomy, the truth versus the leftist fiction. And until we can talk about the ugly truths of the world, the stuff that people currently refuse to talk about, well, then white high school girls will continue to get stabbed 14 times by black girls. And the media will continue to neglect to report on it. We are in a culture war, but it's not just black culture attacking white culture. It's black culture and white leftist culture leading to physical attacks on white people around the world. Now, look, I've made several videos about this, but we need to wake up. We need to stop being afraid to talk about this stuff because we need to actually deal with it. This is a real life epidemic. Stop teaching kids about slavery and the civil rights movement every year in school, maybe once or twice and be done with it. Why dwell on this? Why brainwash kids so thoroughly that white people are evil and black people are good victims? Focus on the good white people. Let's focus on the good people of history. Let's teach the black kids in America and around the world that white people today and historically, that white people are good. Tell them the truth. All right, now don't forget to buy all of my overpriced crap on Teespring or give me some money on Patreon or send me a super thanks in the comments section. Anything to keep this channel going and to pay for my luxurious lifestyle. Until next time, remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant. It's just they know so much that is not so. Good night. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. And this idea that government is beholden to the people, that it has no other source of power except the sovereign people, is still the newest and the most unique idea in all the long history of man's relation to man.